Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, can I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. And does it smell good? Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon. It is Friday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the NFL Combine continues in Indianapolis today, but some interesting news this morning. Marvin Harrison Jr. did not appear at his scheduled time to speak with reporters at the Combine. Does this change your opinion on him? Doesn't change my opinion on him, but it I kind of wonder, like, is this going to be a thing? I, I don't care if he talks to the media. Like I said, the, the I looked at some of Jaden Daniels' interview, and the questions had nothing to do with anything. Like, yeah. it's not. You mean what animal would you be for 24 hours? And yes. do you know what he said? He said dead, dead or, or alive. alive. <laughs> Which is like the weirdest answer to a question. What? Did he really? That's what he said. I'm assuming he really wanted to be a brontosaurus, but he wasn't Um, sure if he could be a brontosaurus. Well, maybe that was it, right? It has to be it, right? I don't know. Gotta be it. Yeah. Um, Boy, that's bizarre. God, things are getting odd. It does not change my opinion of Marvin Harrison Jr. in terms of wanting him at number four, but... It does suck, Butterfield. Well, it is. It's I a, mean, it's it's just a version. Like, just show up. You and you and Max both said the Caleb Williams thing, skipping out on the medical, bothers you more. Yes. But it is a version of, I'm going to just, I don't have the same rules as everybody else. It is. You know how much I like Marvin Harrison Jr., but it is a version of, yeah, you guys all have to go talk to the media, but I don't have to do that. Yeah, but I think he is scheduled to talk this afternoon, is he not? Oh, if he's going to do it this afternoon, then I don't I, care. I thought he was, thought he was scheduled were going, this morning. Okay, good. I thought he missed it, but he might actually make it up. We'll see if that's the case. Okay. Hmm. I didn't hear that, but maybe. <laughs> that makes me nervous. Yeah, if Aaron didn't hear that. Okay, right. Let's see. Aaron breaking news or me following news. Hmm. Interesting. Ron Wolfley reporting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's the next question? So, I was going to talk about Caleb Williams. He won't do medical testing at the Combine. (laughs) Do you think this could at all be that he doesn't want to go to the Bears and maybe he wants to go to the Commanders with his old coach? I mean, anything is in play. Look, when when you when you go down this path of I'm going to make a set of rules for myself, you open everything up to interpretation. If I'm Caleb Williams, I would much rather go play for the Bears than the Commanders. The Bears. Even though Bears. I know it's tough for a quarterback to play for the Bears. The it's just Bears. Bears and Bears. But you're on a much better team right out of the gate, which seems to be important to him. He even referenced their record when they asked him about it today. Yeah, you know what? It bothers me. It bothers me a little bit that Marvin Harrison Jr. did not show up for his media event. Um, What, do you think you're better than everybody else? Okay, but is it going to ultimately, is it going to change whether I draft him? No. Caleb Williams, this does bother me. It really does. For the very reason Luke was talking about. The rules apply to you and not to me. Okay. I don't want to be poked and prodded like I, I'm some prospect number 100 or something like that. I'm prospect number one. So, you know what? I'll orchestrate and manipulate 
the doctors that are going to touch me, okay? But see, the difference is I would still take Caleb Williams number one overall. I don't think you would. No. But. I, no, because that's just the tip that's the of tip the ice. Well, I was going to say, the interview for me would be especially important with Caleb Williams. Like, whatever that is, 15, 20 minutes, that would be huge for me if I was Chicago. The Phoenix Suns beat the Rockets last night, 110-105, which happened to be their ninth straight win at home. Here's Frank Vogel after the game. I think we're uh, we're getting confident in this building. You know, we, we didn't start the season strong here, um, but I feel like we're... Uh, you know, opponents are, are, are starting to realize that they come in here and, and we're going to guard guard our ass off. We're going to defend really at a, at a high level, and we're going to make shots most nights. Okay, we didn't have a great shooting night tonight, um, but this is going to be a place where you know, the ball is going to go in a lot, and you're going to see some tough-ass defense. What did you see from Suns Rockets last night? Dang, Frank Vogel was fired up. Seriously. Doggone it, Frank. Tad. Fired up. We need to see more Tad over the course (laughs) of the season. Wow. I saw the Suns, I don't want to say rise to the occasion. They're playing Houston. But rise to the challenge that Houston presents as a team that has some talent, has nothing to lose, and likes to play kind of a nasty game. And the Suns don't necessarily like to play a nasty game. They're built more on finesse and scoring, but I saw them I saw them react to that, I think, pretty well, and we're going to see it even more tomorrow. Yeah, in that third and fourth quarter, I thought the Rockets came out, and they said, you know what, these guys are not tough. They're not. We need to stick the stick into their eye, metaphorically speaking, and they did that. And yet the Suns weathered the storm, overcame it, because they have the talent to overcome it. The Suns need to continue to focus on being a better team in the fourth quarter, in particular getting more um, tough and more competitive on the defensive end of the floor. Those those two things right there, man, I think that's what I want to see more than anything else going forward. And the Rockets brought out a little bit in that. We'll see how it goes over the next 23 games. So Sean Bass, he is a radio host. He's the co-host of The Sweet Spot on the ticket in Dallas. Did you guys see this yesterday? No. He got a new tattoo. Oh, I did. And I saw the tattoo just so happens to be the box score from Game 5 of the 2023 World Series. The tattoo is to commemorate the Texas Rangers winning the World Series and was something Bass said he would do 14 years ago. Wow. Is it the whole box score or is it just like um, the final? No, it is the whole thing. Man, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Oh, there it is. Wow. And where did he wow. get it? His back. His back. <laughs> Man, how, how big on his back? I'm it's, sending you a picture right now. It's pretty big. That would suck <laughs> to be the phone. tattoo artist that's like, oh, I, you took tell four me. hours. Jeez. Would you guys ever do it? Coyotes win the Stanley Cup? Cards win Lombardi Trophy? No. I certainly wouldn't get a box score tattooed on me. Do you have a tattoo, Luke? Uh-uh. If I won the Stanley Cup, like if I played and won the Stanley Cup, maybe I would get a tattoo of the cup, but not not no stats. I don't need numbers on my back. This is this is a weird looking tattoo. Oh my goodness, this guy. Dude. I'm not I, what are you doing? I'm not anti-tattoo. I just have never seen one that I wanted. How's that? And this is definitely at the bottom of the list of ones I would want. What about you, Tatman? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of tattoos. How many do you have? Four. One for each Pro Bowl. I've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three. Three? I've got three. 
um, from the dark days. Would you ever get another one? Oh, yeah. I think I no problem again getting it. But it's got to have like it's got to have meaning. It's got to have meaning. Yeah, yes, it, yes. It, it wouldn't be something somebody else did. No. I, I wouldn't. Would no. you? I can't. I can't see you. No way. Anyone. Okay. No. All right. Warrior Queen's got that. Yeah. Yeah. But she it's does. it's not a box score from a baseball game. No, it is not. I'm guessing nobody Certainly else. Not down her back. Has a back box score from a baseball game. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I can't believe we didn't have a question about Shohei Otani getting married. Oh, we've got Unbelievable. questions about Shohei. Why do you want to talk about the Dodgers? I'm just saying right now, what is going on, Did you Shohei? tell me his dog's name is Decoy? <laughs> that was the weirdest part of the story. It's like, wait a minute. So is, More on this, this as real? the show unfolds at 145. All right. The Cardinals took hands. I have so many thoughts. It's a batter and a pitcher, and he's got, yeah. Uh, the Cardinals took a hands-on approach with a top cornerback prospect in Indianapolis. You're going to want to hear this, so we'll explain it all next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage. Live, local, late-breaking. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday afternoon. We are going to talk to Jonathan Gannon in about 45 minutes. He's going to yeah, join gonna us be cool. from uh, Indianapolis. And uh, we can certainly, uh, we can ask him about Terry on Arnold, obviously, in that uh, interview. We're going to have to <laughs> because this is uh, this is an interesting story. Wolf. No, J.G. was fronting him up, literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> So here's Terry on Arnold. The Just, Alab- you gotta laugh, man. This is the Alabama corner uh, talking yesterday about he had a meeting with the Cardinals. Yeah. And this is what Terry on Arnold said. It went really good. They wanted to see how I pressed. He told me to get up there and demonstrate my press technique. I said, Coach, do you want me to hit you for real? He said, Yeah, hit me for real. So I hit him. <laughs> yeah, I jammed him. <laughs> I, I can totally see this face. I mean, just knowing JG, Jonathan Gannon, just knowing him, the defensive mind that he is, of course, a defensive minded head coach and a guy that is hands on. If ever there was a guy who was hands on, it's JG. And I could easily see him doing it. So go ahead, go ahead and, and show me how you're going to jam a guy. <laughs> While you're having this interview, this is what it, it devolved into, which isn't a surprise. Um, it had to be where he was headed the whole time. I know. I'm, I'm sure that that didn't just like randomly come up. I, I, all I can think of is uh, the Joker in Batman where he's just standing in the street like, hit me. Come on, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy jacked him up. Yeah, what are you ask, supposed we to gotta do? We got to ask, JJ is coming up at 1 o'clock here on the Wolf and Luke show. Sure, yeah. Today. I'm sure he didn't hit him. Like, are you going to hit a coach full speed? But at the same time, if you don't hit him and he's asking you That's to hit right. him, then it's like, this guy can't jam anybody up. Well, yeah, well, first of all, JG's in really, really good shape. I mean, he is. Yeah, but Terry on Arnold doesn't know that. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, though, this guy, he, he he's very, very physical in everything that he does for the most part. He's got a, a, I don't know what his body fat percentage would be. If I had to guess, I'd say probably around 9%. I'll ask JG that. Hey, JG, what is your, your body fat? So you're not going to ask What's him his weight. Right there? You only ask the players their weight. You yeah, ask I don't the coaches care what his weight is. body fat I don't percentage. Care about that. Right, exactly. Okay, you know, right. when you jammed up on, on Terry and Arnold, how'd that feel? Okay. I mean, how involved did you get? We're going to ask him this. 
Maybe he swatted this, his hands this and tried is to not get his hands off. Oh, we're going to ask him, but we're definitely going to ask him this when he joins us uh, oh, yeah. at, at 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, how hilarious is it going to be if they draft him now, too? Then you know he obviously can jam up a receiver pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Chop Robinson, the uh, the Penn State edge, also met with the Arizona Cardinals. This is what he said. Uh, yes, I sat down with the Cardinals yesterday. We had a great meeting talking about Jesse Lucetta and also talking about ball, so I enjoyed it. All right. Jesse Lucetta. That's a very specific right answer. There. Yeah, that was. I enjoyed it. Chop Robinson is a guy that um, I'm starting to really, really like. He didn't. I don't think JGS Chop Robinson to uh, to hit him as hard as he yeah. could. Yeah, I don't think so right there. It's <laughs> what, 254 pounds, yeah. somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah. Uh, ran a 448. At 250, do you have any idea what kind of projectile <laughs> that is on the field? When you are 254 pounds and you're running a 448? <laughs> um. <laughs> Who was the guy? It was Jordan Davis last year, right? Wasn't it Jordan Woo! Davis or Jordan Davis two years ago? He was the one from Georgia. Because Jordan Davis is huge and he oh, ran yeah. a 478. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that would yeah, but still not something to get in front of. I, I I'm with you on that. I understand that, but a four four eight when you're two hundred fifty four uh, pounds yeah, and you probably have five percent body fat. Yeah. Um <laughs> He's he stole the show at the combine yesterday. You're gonna be chopped all right. Uh, Dallas Turner. In two Dallas Turner likely. <laughs> Pork chop Robinson. Man, just brutal. And this is the kind of thing too. Just I i I'm hearing really good things about Chop Robinson in terms of how he has interviewed as well and the kind of person that he is and the player that he is right now. And that always matters to me so much. And let me just say it matters as well to the Arizona Cardinals. When you listen to Monty Osenfort and JG over and over and over again talk about culture, talk about how important it is, Monty Osenfort saying, I owe it to the guys inside the locker room that I'm not going to bring anybody in that doesn't fit in, on this team and with this culture. You know, this is not, this is not just lip service. This is dogma. It's what they believe. Uh, here's uh, Johnny Newton, the Illinois defensive tackle that uh, also met with the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, they're going to be they're going to be looking at a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of guys in the trenches, and the defensive players are the ones you could meet with uh, first. Here's Newton. Uh, I, I love the Cardinals. Uh, it was a pretty cool meeting with those guys. Uh, we had great interactions, broke down some film, good and bad, and uh, I, I just loved how they approached me. Uh, we had a good talk, and we'll see what the future holds. Wow, that's interesting. Broke down some film. Good and bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're gonna throw some tape on there. These aren't real long meetings. It's not I, like you're gonna sit down I, for three hours. I know, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, by the way, we got some tape here. We're just gonna throw this on here. I just wanna get your take on this. Like what were you thinking? What were you doing right here? Man, I, I the more and more I think about that, the more I absolutely love that. This is why you want to be present in these meetings. I, I know, because yeah. I, I didn't know they did any of that. All right, so be honest, though, and be honest with yourself. If they let you sit in on a meeting like this, and then they started breaking out tape, yeah, there's no way you'd be able to be quiet. You always say what you want to sit, because you always say, if, like, hey, just let me no, sit in on one I, of these meetings. Be and I'd be, you no, would sit I would there be, quietly. Of course, I'm out of my element. 
I mean, Ron, you, you'll sit in the corner and you'll shut up. What if they pulled out a whiteboard and We've started drawing a, up plays? No, I would. I'd want to. I'd want to say something. Okay. Okay. No, he doesn't have the duel. I have the duel. Um, look, I, I this is fascinating to me because maybe you see these plays and you're like, I don't know what this kid. This is out of character for this kid on the field. You're watching tape and you're saying, man, for him to do that, this is out of character. We're going to show him this, and we're going to ask him questions about this because we really like this guy. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't brilliant. do it if he didn't care about it. It's a great way, right? It's a great way to really get an honest answer from the kid. What were you think? What were you doing? And maybe you don't like it, good and bad. So do you said, do you think he was thrown off? Johnny Newton sits down in the meeting, and and I don't know, Gannon's got like an iPad, and he's like, "What were you doing here?" Yeah. Is that because that's not common, you're saying? Yeah. It would be on an iPad, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. It wouldn't be like on a screen, a projectile oh, or something like that. They only have it 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah, He's not iPad. rolling out like a TV <laughs> with a tube in the back. What if they VCR? did? VCR. What if they did? How cool would that be? <laughs> then his answer would be, I love the Cardinals. They used a VCR to show me footage, and it took them four hours to rewind it because the tape kept getting crumpled wow. up. That would be kind of funny, actually. Well, we can ask uh, Jonathan Cannon about that as well. But they've they've met with quite a few of these guys now. Uh, Quinny Mitchell, real quickly, too. The Toledo corner talked about what kind of prospect he is. Uh, just, just my grit, uh, the chip that I got on my shoulder and that I compete. Uh, I f- I'm, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, but I feel like those three things separate me from everybody else in this class. A lot of uh, corners, edge rushers, and defensive tackles that they've talked to so far. See, I like that right there, too. My grit. Typically, you don't have a cornerback talking about that, right? Oh, my grit. Um, That's one of the reasons why, again, it's important what these prospects say. And does the film actually back it up? Does it back it up that you show a lot of grit? Because maybe you don't, and then you're just delusional, and we're not going to pick you. All right, there's a lot more here to get to. We'll try to fit more of it in throughout the show. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Suns play the Rockets again tomorrow. How chippy are things going to get in that <laughs> one? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, it's Bernsey and the Suns, after all that time off, got the win last night over the Houston Rockets. So what stood out to us? We'll talk about it on today's Burns and Gambo show starting at straight up to o'clock. You know, Wolf, we were going through some of the best names at the top of this draft yesterday. Yeah. Chop Robinson. Chop. I mentioned I like Penis Rakestraw as a good last name. What and about you were like, Kool-Aid no. McKinstry? Nah, I was going to say, we forgot Kool-Aid McKinstry. Of course. <laughs> that might even be better than Chop Robinson. Big time. Yeah. Kool-Aid. <laughs> you can't oh, argue. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you have to make that that uh, that sound every time you, you make a play if you're Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, all right. Over to basketball, uh, as you just heard Mitch mention, we're going to have Jonathan Gannon join us at 1 o'clock from Indianapolis. Darren Urban is going to join us uh, next segment for some insights uh, on the Cardinals as well. Uh, but as far as the Suns game last night and looking ahead to tomorrow, it's the same team. And well, things got a little chippy last night. Here's uh, Yusuf Nurkic after the game talking about the importance of staying calm in those situations. We're just going to be smart. We, you know, obviously we want to protect us, but uh, you know, we don't want to get a kick out of the game, get technicals, and obviously I learned that there is not who's starting it, who actually you know responding. So which is kind of you know a bad way, but um, 
you, you just got to be smart enough to not get into too much because, you know, we can't lose for playoff series in a game like me or KD or whoever. We just got to be smart and, you know, not overreact in there. You know, for me, booking Cam Whitmore going at it, that was the highlight of the night, was it not? <laughs> it was. I mean, you know, it's okay to talk. Just make sure you're going to back it up, right, Book? <laughs> you're going to back it up. Book went out and scored 35. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't back it up by getting suspended. This is the conversation you and I have been having all season. Guys that are willing to throw down on the Suns, you know Devin Booker is high on that list, and, and that's not great. Like, it's it's great that he's willing to, yeah. but you need other guys to step in so that he doesn't do it. And here, here's Nurkic talking about that, the uh, incident with Kim Whitmore. I mean, the kid, you know, did some, some bullshit in, in uh, Houston, too, we remember. So, they want to play that nonsense basketball. They, I understand they're young and, you know, they got to fight up and they you know, have a good coach, and you know I think they great you know setup for the future. But it's just we don't want to play the anti basketball, and I want always some you know back on my teammates. You looked pretty fired up after that. How did that kind of just spark something in you and also the team? Yeah, almost I knew it's gonna happen regardless. You know I know he he tried to go out there. You know sometimes I use my you know jump ability to block shots. Sometimes not, but. Um, don't want to get a foul trouble, but um, in the end of the day, it's a basketball. But you know, hopefully, those stuff not you know cross the line and people get injured. So that's the you know big, the biggest thing. Kind of find them you know between lines. Yeah, you know, it was an incident. Of course, I don't know if you saw it, my brothers. Did you obviously mm-hmm. look? Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker hit that three, and then it looked like he may have said something. <laughs> Not book. Right. The first time he's ever said of, anything. A little bit of talking trash <laughs> out there on the court, right? And Been doing that since then he his ran, year. He ran through Whitmore and um the bumping started after that, right? Mm-hmm. Here here's uh here's Booker on that incident. Uh started last last game, um, same thing. Um just competing, being extra physical. Um, I mean, I like it. You know, I've been in these situations plenty of time before. So, you know, I was that same young player doing that same thing. Uh, I remember doing it to Jimmy Butler my rookie year, him going in post game after talking about me. Um, plenty of people. So, you know, you, you never want to back down. And, you know, I respect going at a top player. And you just got to be ready for it. <laughs> there it is right there. You, you got to go out there and you got to protect yourself. You never throw bows, my young crunk brothers. You never do that, right? Not on a basketball court, but you have to stand up for yourself and stand your ground out on the court right there. And I think Devin Booker did that, of course, last night. And then I thought it was interesting that the very next play, I believe, Nurk stuffed Whitmore <laughs> underneath, right? He stuffed it, blocked his shot. And um, then all of a sudden was underneath the basket. Nurk, it, 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 you could just see Yusef Nurkic um, tap into the rage tree when he was out there. Mm-hmm. And he got fouled underneath. A bunny went up, and he was going up strong. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. He was going up, and he didn't care if he went through your shoulder or through well, your Well, he's sternum. playing big, too. Like He's, he he's going to be the biggest guy on the court most nights, and... 
it's not like he wasn't playing that way earlier this season. He's not a rookie. I mean, obviously, he's, he's yeah, playing in the NBA. Right. But it just feels like as the season goes on, he's kind of like, hey, I'm the biggest guy out here. So, like, just remember that. And not only that, it's really, really cool because I do believe he might be reacting or adjusting his game to what Frank Vogel and the coaching staff thinks they need. Does that make sense? Like, you know, hey, hey, Nurk, you know what? We 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 need more physicality on this team, and maybe he's looking at it like, yeah, we do. We do need more physicality on this team. We all know what happened at the trade deadline. They went out and they tried to get tougher and more physical. That's what they tried to do, and I think they succeeded. But I think Nurk knows this team needs that physicality, and he, I think, is evolving into that role. It's um, it's the second, at least the second time, just in cuts we've played today, that we've heard one of the Suns reference the fact that they just played Houston and that they're going to play them again. I, you know, Booker had a comment after the game where it was almost like a playoff series. Nurk just had, had one in there, too, where it was kind of like they're clearly... They clearly had some sort of conversation, whether it was going into last night's game or going into the game last week. I'm guessing probably going into last night's game of, yes, the Lakers were mixed in here, but let's maybe treat this three games, three out of four against the same team. And especially because Houston is kind of a physical, hey, let's see how far we can push the Suns sort of team. Um, It is it's a very interesting dynamic that you don't like this to me is more interesting than the in-season tournament was. Like yeah. Just, oh yeah. Just oh yeah. If you just want to, if you want, just have sold. Have everybody pair off and play three straight games against each other at one point in the season. You don't have to call it anything. Just have <laughs> here's three games in a row against this team yes. because because it is turning into something and it really sets the stage for tomorrow night. Yeah, man. Tomorrow night it is. Wow. <laughs> this is only going to get more physical from this point forward, and the association is going to be all over this game that is going to be played tomorrow night. You better believe in that right, Adam Silver. They're going to be all over mm-hmm. this game. The officiating crew, whoever's going to referee this game tomorrow night, man, that whistle, it's coming, especially in that first quarter. They're going to be all over it oh, because this okay. thing could escalate. That's true. It's too bad we're not playing Kevin or Devin because I would take Kevin because they'll just throw Devin out if things get crazy. Like, hey, Devin, you're just out. Uh, it doesn't matter that you're not involved in this. You said something to the officials, so you're out because we're worried about uh, about a contentious environment like that game against Detroit. Real quick, Kellen Olson found this, the, uh, the, the quote that Devin Booker was talking about there from Jimmy Butler way back in 2015. Yeah. Uh, Butler said about Booker, he was talking trash to me crazy. I was like, excuse me? Sometimes I think you should just play. That was uh, Butler's comment back in 2015. Wow. Excuse me? Well, Sometimes I think you should just play? Booker was a rookie. That was the whole thing. Oh. Okay. Booker was already talking. He was not even going to talk trash, Jimmy Butler, at that thing. He's a rookie. No, Booker was a rookie. Oh. He was saying, why is this rookie talking trash to me? Okay. And, and, and so then you have Booker talking about Cam Whitmore, and Booker's like, I respect it. But, do you have a read to do right now, Luke? <laughs> No, I don't, but we can go to break. I had that backwards. Uh, uh, All right, we come back. What has been catching Darren Urban's eye at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis? The senior writer for azcardinals.com is going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. We're going to get some... uh, some perspective from Indianapolis here now for the next half hour, Wolf, because Jonathan Gannon's going to join us at one. And Darren Urban, senior writer for azcardinals.com, is joining us right now. Darren, thanks for the time, man. How's it going? 
So I'm basically the warm-up act for JG? <laughs> kind of, Derb. Just okay. being honest, okay. <laughs> Are That's you still fair. there, Derb? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. We can hear you. I just want to – I love context. That's what I want, the context <laughs> of being there right now. What are you yes, looking I, at, actually, Derb? I'm, I'm, I'm actually at the airport, Wolf. I am about to head home, but I, I've, I've, I've not quite left yet, and uh, I was at all the interviews this morning, those that happened and those that did not. Oh. Well, let's start with one that did not happen, the Marvin Harrison Jr. one, just because he's been linked to the Cardinals so much. What, what did you make of that? Did you guys ever really get to hear a, a specific reason why? No, uh, and that doesn't – I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It, it did surprise me. Even the guys over the years that have that don't work out uh, – including those guys this year, like the Kayla Williams, they've all come into the interview room. Um, so I haven't seen this before where uh, a guy doesn't do the media. Now, I don't know what his circumstances were. And if it was just like, well, I'm doing this amount of medical and uh, I, it just, I, it's just not worth it to try and reschedule. Because even guys who have had medical delays before usually find their way into the media room at some point. But Again, is it going to change his draft status? No, he's still here. He still made appearances. He still talked to teams. And I just made that point on, uh, on Twitter right before you guys called, which was, you know, when I tweeted out this morning that he, you know, the guy said, the league spokesman said he wasn't here and, and he didn't speak to the media. That's what it was. He didn't speak to the media. And not being here meant not in the media room, not necessarily not in Indianapolis. Derb, I don't want to lead you in any way, shape, or form on this oh question. So I'm just going to ask you, your number one takeaway from the Combine, where do you go? I, you know what? I would, I would suppose that, and it's, it's really not shocking, and I don't know if I needed to be here for this, uh, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it comes down to, I think my number one takeaway is, again, as we've seen over, and I, I've been, this is my 22nd Combine, as the years have gone by, quarterbacks were always kind of important, obviously. But it feels like they've, they've become ultra important as we've gotten in these last 10 years. And I think my biggest takeaway is just that the very top of the draft is going to be completely controlled by quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm now convinced, as many people are, I'm convinced that you know quarterbacks are going to be the top three picks. Now, whether that is the three teams that hold those three picks right now, the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots, we'll see. We'll see if somebody trades. But I do think quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. And that leaves the Cardinals in a really great position of four. Because if, if a quarterback doesn't go one, two, three, then that you figure there's going to be a really good one there at four. You still might have a fourth quarterback somebody might want to come up with. And even if there's not a quarterback somebody wants to come up with and quarterbacks go one two three there still might be trade possibilities that somebody wants to come up for all the other positions or again the cardinals could stay put at four and get anybody they want because they weren't looking at a quarterback in the first round anyways we're talking to darren urban you know darren marvin harrison not talking and caleb williams not doing the medical and you hear you know a a few players don't have agents yet or might not even get them before the draft do you you sense you know changes in how players are approaching the draft process this year or is it just kind of an outlier i think there's a small change but i i I do think it's gonna it's gonna resonate and and trend that way for the best of the best i mean again you just named caleb williams and Marvin Harrison, and you could argue that those guys 
could go one two based on talent in this draft. You're going to have a you're going to have to have a certain amount of leverage to do that and and make it make sense. In my opinion, uh, you know we've always had a handful of guys that choose not to work out, uh, but they come for the medical and the other stuff. Um, you know the money's going to change some things. I saw something today that said Caleb Williams made five million dollars last year at USC. You know, the NIL has completely changed the equation. These guys are pros before they become pros, and your decision-making can change a little bit because of that. So um, I don't think it's going to impact the draft a ton. It might, it might eventually impact the combine in certain ways, but I don't think it's going to impact the draft or, or how these guys uh, go off the board. Derb, I know you had the opportunity to talk to J.G. and Monty Ossenford as well. Um, we're going to talk to J.G. coming up in the next beautiful part of the program here. What question would you ask him? What question should I ask him? <laughs> wow, that is a, that's a hard one, Wolf. I just I said, mean... what question do you want an answer to that you didn't get to ask him, Derb? Well, I mean, fortunately, I've been lucky enough where I have had enough interaction with him that I've been able to ask him most of the things I, I, I want to ask. You know, I, I am curious about stuff that they're going to play pretty close to the best. Yeah. I mean, right now, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that everybody's wondering about with the Cardinals, and I don't know if this is a JG question or a Monty question, but I mean, again, uh, is your desire to, to build those trenches going to override things when you get to four? Like if, right. if you do have one of these stud receivers or all the stud receivers on the board at four, does it still make sense to trade down a little bit, pick up picks and then go get tre- a trench guy, whether it's offensive or defensive line? Because I don't think there's any question. Monty's Monty Austin Ford's head kind of goes there. And even Jonathan Gannon said it to us the other day when Danny Sturek sat down with him for azcardinals.com was, you know, his, when, when you talk about offense, the first thing he thinks about is the offensive line. It isn't necessarily the scope position. And how does that impact the draft? Because just because he says it doesn't change things. If they have Marvin Harrison as this potential Hall of Famer and they see tackles on the board when they're picking as solid players but not that level, you're still going to take the wide receiver because that's what you do. But right. it, it could impact their decision-making. Talking to Darren Urban, and Darren, I can tell you we're going to ask J.G. about this, but what did you make of the uh, the story with Terry and Arnold where J.G. was just like, yeah, jam me up and, and show me what you can do? Is it, does it surprise you at all that Jonathan Gannon would do that? Well, let's put it this way. When Terry and Arnold told the story, all he said was, coach, he didn't specify that it was Gannon. So mm. everybody was assuming it was Gannon, but we didn't know for sure. And I think that says a lot about Jonathan Gannon and the kind of person he was now. I was able to reach out to Gannon later in the day and say, hey, you know, before I write this, you know, was that you? Was it somebody else? And he, he responded and he kind of, you know, gave a ha-ha, but he's like, yeah, that was me. And I, it just, it was, it's, it's such a Jonathan Gannon type of story that as soon as Arnold said it, even not saying the name, everybody just assumed it was Jonathan Gannon because that's kind of how he operates. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get physical and I'm going to tell this <laughs> defensive back, to in this in this uh, suite at the hotel while we're or at the stadium while we're interviewing him. Hey, yeah, come show me your press coverage and yeah, hit me. I wanna. I'm trying to get off the quote unquote line of scrimmage here. I want to see what you do. It is it's very Jonathan Gannon. I just want to know if he tried. <laughs> like, yeah, like, did he move did he around? Did he try to actually get okay? Derb, thank you, man. Appreciate thank your you, time, brother. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Say hi to JG for me. <laughs> <We> will <laughs> will do.